Welcome to the Sober and Happy Podcast, where we talk about all things recovery-related, how to navigate the challenges that we'll face along the way on our journey towards our best lives, and how we could go from living a life of simply just being sober to a life where we're both sober and happy. If you listen to most recovery stories, there's usually a point that someone will talk about their rock bottom, the point when everything got so bad that they finally realized they needed to stop. But why do people who have even the worst rock bottoms you could imagine end up drinking again? Why was the event that motivated them to stop not enough to keep them stopped? Well, that's what we're going to discuss today. So buckle up. This is going to be a great episode. Welcome back. The Sober and Happy Newsletter is officially in publication. In this newsletter, I'll talk about things related to recovery along with sharing resources that I have found helpful. If you want to get the newsletter, just go to soberandhappy.com newsletter and sign up. I'd love to hear some feedback along with any suggestions on things you'd like to see in it. Okay, now back to the episode. The first time I tried to get sober was when I was 20 years old. I woke up the morning on my 20th birthday in a jail cell charged with three felonies. The night before started amazing. We had a desert party for my birthday, but then a series of bad decisions changed the whole night. It started with the conflict at my party between a friend of mine and some other guys who showed up uninvited, which led to three of us going to their apartment at 2 in the morning and ultimately ended up with us landing in jail. Up until that night, everything was going great. I've had a few minor consequences from my drinking, and although I knew I was drinking a little too much, I figured I was in college and that was just part of the experience. I was getting good grades and was only four months from graduating with my bachelor's degree and beginning my career. But when I finally got released from jail and was back at my apartment, I knew alcohol was no longer good for me. I knew that those bad decisions I made the night before, I wouldn't have made if I'd been sober. I realized that instead of starting my career, I may be looking at starting a jail sentence. At that moment, I knew alcohol was no good for me and I was done. I was not going to let it ruin my life. I had a rock bottom that was more than sufficient for me to quit drinking. That was in 1996. I finally got sober in 2011. I only stayed sober for 30 days after getting released from jail. So what happened between day one and day 30, and why was a rock bottom that was more than powerful enough for me to quit drinking not sufficient for keeping me sober for more than 30 days? I think there is a few reasons for that. The first is that the pain that came from getting arrested started to wear off, even though I didn't even know the extent of what the consequences of that night was going to be. Pain can be one of the greatest motivators to get started or to make a change. However, pain wears off over time. That belief is the foundation of the saying, time heals all wounds. We can look all around us to see examples of that. It's why an athlete will play a sport again after a horrific injury. It is why women will have multiple children even after experiencing the pain of childbirth. Hell, it's even why I keep going and getting tattoos after long, painful sessions of getting stabbed with a needle continuously. It is often the same thing with our rock bottoms. For me, on day one of being sober back in 1996, the pain was more than enough to conquer the cravings to drink. But I want you to imagine two lines on a graph. One is the pain from the consequences that came from my drinking. 
That line starts high but is gradually sloping down. The other one is the pain from not drinking. That line starts lower but gradually slopes up as the pain builds as each day goes on. Once the increasing pain from not drinking started to get close to the diminishing level of the consequences of that night, I was in a danger zone and didn't even realize it. On day 30, when I met with my lawyer and she told me since I had no priors and was about to graduate college that she would likely be able to strike a deal with the prosecutor and avoid any jail time, the level of pain for the consequences dropped below the pain I was feeling from simply white-knuckling my sobriety. And that night, I went to the store and got a 12-pack. Humans typically are motivated by pain or pleasure. I was simply riding the motivation caused by the pain and was doing nothing to improve my life at the same time, so there was no pleasure to replace the motivation from pain as it diminished. For those 30 days, I managed to stay sober. All I did was go to work, go to school, come home, and sit on the couch miserable. My depression was bad. My anxiety was through the roofs. My grades were suffering. All my friends were still partying and having fun without me. And I was not doing anything to try to bring any fun or enjoyment into my life. I spent every night of those 30 days sitting at home feeling sorry for myself. So when that lawyer told me no jail time, I was off and running. Now, she didn't guarantee no jail time and gave me a really strong warning that if I got into more trouble, all deals would be off the table. She told me even a minor in consumption ticket would likely ruin any chances of avoiding jail. But in the state I was in at that moment, looking for any justification to drink, all I heard in my head was, it didn't turn out as bad as you worried. You made too big of a deal out of this. Which brings me to the second reason why that rock bottom didn't hold for me. Like many alcoholics and addicts, we are masters at rationalization and justification. In my situation on day one, I was telling myself with conviction, see what happens when you drink? And on day 30, when I was full of depression and anxiety and was absolutely miserable sober, I began saying to myself, see what happens when you stop drinking? Throw in another few justifications like, I'll just be more careful this time and won't do anything to get arrested, and I really didn't have much of a chance of staying sober. You see this often with people who quit drinking. They lose a great job, stop drinking, get another job, and justify that they could drink and not make the same mistake that got them fired the first time. I have known countless people who have had a spouse leave them because of their addictions. The pain of losing the love of their life was enough to stop. But then after they either get their spouse back after getting sober or start dating someone new, they convince themselves that they could drink again, but they just won't make the same mistakes that cost them their marriage the first time. Pain can only motivate us for so long. So what was different this last time I got sober? I was still motivated by the pain from the consequences of my drinking to stop. I had hit another low point that could be called another rock bottom. I think that any reason that is strong enough for you to have a wake-up call and to begin your recovery is a perfect start. However, for it to last, you must start also adding on the benefits of recovery. You must start working on building a life that creates a level of happiness and joy that will become your motivation to stay sober. 
If you remember back to my 30 days sober when I was 20, I did nothing but not drink and feel sorry for myself for not being able to drink. I sat at home every night on the couch for 30 days. This was before Netflix and we were broke college kids, so we couldn't even afford cable. So every night, sitting on the couch, flipping between maybe five network channels, thinking about all the fun I was no longer having. The last time was different though. I was broke again and still couldn't afford cable, but instead of just sitting on the couch feeling sorry for myself, I was actively building my new life. And as the motivation from the pain of my rock bottom started to diminish, it was filled from the motivation from the pleasure I was accumulated from building my new life. And I'm not talking about the jolts of pleasure that come from things like getting a new job, buying a nice car, or finally being able to afford cable. All those things are great, but those also wear off. I'm talking about the deep feelings of pleasure that are lasting. Things like repairing damaged relationships, developing deep and meaningful friendships, accomplishing things I never thought were possible, chasing dreams that I've put off because of my drinking, and most importantly, seeing a vision of the person I wanted to become and actively working towards becoming that person. One of my favorite quotes is, recovery isn't about getting sober. It is learning to love yourself so much that you no longer need to drink. I want you to stop and imagine that for a second. What would it feel like to love yourself so much that you wouldn't even consider for one moment relapsing because you wouldn't want to do anything that would cause you that much pain? I know I couldn't even imagine that when I got sober. I hated myself so much that I thought I deserved every ounce of pain I was inflicting on myself. That's why when people would tell me you have to get sober for yourself, I didn't think I could get sober because I didn't think I was worthy of it. That is why initially my motivation was to stop hurting my mom because I loved her enough to not want to continue to put her through the pain. But something magical happened between 2011 and now. I started to feel worthy of that same love. It took time and it took effort, but I still consider it magic because I didn't think it was even possible. If you want to know the process I discovered on that journey, check out episodes 17 and also episodes 32 through 34. Those will help you begin to envision your new life, one so amazing that you would not do anything to risk letting it go. The one that you are so proud of the person you are becoming that you wouldn't even think about doing anything to risk losing that. The kind of life that is providing you so much joy and fulfillment that the desire to drink simply vanishes. I know all those things are possible because I am living it. Everything that I just mentioned has happened to me, and I know every bit of that is also waiting for you. Envision that life and take that first step towards it. It isn't as far away as you might think. Thank you for listening to this episode, and I hope you're finding value from listening to this podcast. If you are, I'm asking for two huge favors from you this week that would help me. Share this episode with one person and please subscribe to the podcast, both of which help it grow. New episodes come out each Friday, so I look forward to connecting with you next week. And as always, thank you so much for listening and keep living sober and happy.